everyone. Welcome to How Do You Do? I'm Hattie. I'm Flo. And this is the How Do You Do podcast, the brand new podcast. So How Do You Do? is a podcast where we talk to people from across the creative industries, from publishing, music and TV, about what they do, why they do and how they do it. We both had kind of tricky ways into the industry, so we were thinking, wouldn't it be great if there was something out there which kind of holds your hand and talks you through the initial steps, whatever stage you're at? A big part of this podcast is that no question is a silly question. We've tried to really not do industry speak, and we try and break down what all this jargon is. So if you don't know, then you know after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> This has been a massive journey for the two of us, as well as it hopefully will be for you guys. There's loads I didn't know even about my own industry, so it's been super interesting, and I hope that it will be for you too. So we thought to introduce the podcast, we'd tell you a little bit about each other. But why just read off some paper or our CVs about what we do and why we do it? So We're going to interview each other so you can understand where we've come from. Mm. So Flo. Hattie looks really smug right now, so I think she's got some real dirt on me. We've both been researching each other today. <laughs> and I've come in with like some quite professional questions about like, what drives you as a professional? And you're looking at me like you found something awful. I haven't. <laughs> okay, so I've made a game called According To. <gasps> oh my God, amazing. <laughs> okay, all right. So this let's do your silly. fun game and then we can do my serious interview. This is like, this is your life in podcast format. Um, so, according to LinkedIn, you speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Well, you've got to change that. I don't. Does it say I speak Spanish? Yes. And it also says you're fluent in sign language. I am fluent in sign oh, okay, language. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, no, I am fluent in sign language. That, thank you so much. I don't know why I didn't think that was enough. Why do I need to whack Spanish in I it? don't know. I Actually, just really didn't think you spoke Spanish. Right, so I, this is embarrassing and this all makes so much sense now. When I started my first TV job, they were like walking me around the office. It was when we met each other and they were like, this is Flo, she's our new development intern and she... Is great. She does all these things, listed loads of things I do. And then in part of it, they were like, and she speaks Spanish. And I remember thinking, God, they've hired the wrong person. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. Like, how do I tell them I don't speak Spanish? And that's why they thought I spoke Spanish. Cause yeah. Because I, I told this them. This is going to haunt you for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh anyway. Hola to us. Moving on. <laughs> According to Google, you're a renowned author of Christian Liberty Nature Reads. <laughs> True or false? False. That one's okay. certainly false. Okay, now out the... there to Florence Bass, who does do that. Yeah, she's, yeah. she sells quite a few books on Amazon. There's, <laughs> there's reviews and stuff. I once got added by a Florence Bass on Facebook who wanted us to become friends because we shared the same name. Fine. She was American, so maybe it was her. Probably. Carry on. According to IMDb, like <laughs> you were in a crime drama TV miniseries called Family which is a nail-biting gangster drama set in the East End of London, and your character is called Georgia. True or false? True. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> My family like to say that I peaked at 11. Uh, you I kept was, that one quiet. I kept it real quiet. Where did the acting career go? Um, it went with the agent bust. <laughs> Oh, yeah. that makes sense. You can watch it on YouTube, though. It's called Family. God, you've done your research. <sighs> I can go home now. I'm actually going to interview now. So, Flo, yes. you are a development researcher at the BBC. Where did you start to want to be in TV? How did it all um, start? Well, well, you've already kind of named and shamed my TV past. You're welcome. <laughs> when I came out of uni, um, I worked in education for a long time. So mm -hmm. I worked with kids who'd been expelled, and I was a teacher... But I always kind of ended up, 
I always end up either like watching stuff with them or making them make films. Mm -hmm. So one day I kind of woke up and realized it wasn't for me and that I need to get out of it. And I started applying for TV stuff kind of like really blindly. And I thought also kind of naively that I was like at the time I was 24 and I thought, God, I'm too old. Everyone else getting into it is like 18. And I felt really intimidated. But then I managed to get this amazing traineeship mm -hmm. with a company called Mama Youth, mm. who are amazing. Shout out to I Mama shout Youth. out to them. They're so good. And if you're looking to start in TV, they're, they're an amazing way to start. And I was kind of doing music interviews. So I was interviewing different musicians. Then it went straight onto a show. So like in my first month in working TV, I was producing stuff, segments for a TV show. It was amazing. And then from that, I went to work in development, which lots of people don't know what development is. I didn't really know when I went into it. It was kind of coming up with ideas for shows mm -hmm. and kind of writing different segments for shows and stuff. And I've kind of been in that ever since. So I was doing that at Fremantle for a couple of years. Um, I've been at the BBC for about six months. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of been my TV journey so far. I like it. Yeah, And then thanks. my next question, biggest struggle about getting to the BBC, because I know that the BBC is almost like the pinnacle of working in television. So was there... They'll love that. <laughs> Shout out to the BBC. <laughs> So what was the kind of biggest struggle to try and get to where you are now? I think a massive struggle of anything is kind of your own self-belief with it, isn't it? And I think when I came, especially because I came out into development not knowing what it was, and it ended up being such an amazing job where you're just kind of coming up with silly ideas all day or like, you know, pitching different documentary ideas you've had and things like that to people who can actually make them happen. Um, that when I interviewed the BBC, I thought, oh, God, like, you know, I'll never get that. I'll never, ever get, get that. Um, how I got the BBC job, I just sent some show ideas to an email address I found on Facebook, which was just like BBC recruiter. I didn't hear anything back for months. And I was kind of in between TV jobs. And when you're starting out on TV, it is a bit like that. You might have a couple of months where you don't work. And then you're working really intensely. And I didn't hear anything back. Kind of like was not disheartened about it. I thought, oh, you know, it's fine. And then one day I got a call saying, can you come in tomorrow? And um, yeah, that was my BBC interview. A funny story about my BBC interview. I got there really early. Um, but then five minutes before the interview, I went, you know, went to introduce myself. They said, you're at the wrong BBC building. It's over the road. So I was running really frantically to try and get there on time. Um, and on the way, I ran, went the wrong way, went down an alleyway. And it was Doc Cotton there smoking a cigarette, just her alone no. <laughs> in the alleyway. And I, they plant her there. They, literally, she was just there <laughs> alone, like in the, the shadows, smoking a cigarette. I was like, it's the BBC <laughs> she just went to me you're going the wrong way <laughs> and that was my intro to the BBC oh, <laughs> yeah that's really good and mm. advice to younger younger me younger flow self advice to younger flow self is do a job that you like to do don't do a job you think you should be doing because I think that's why I worked in a job that wasn't right for me for so long um, so don't feel guilty for doing a job that you love, mm. I think, mm -hmm. is my advice I like to myself. Mm -hmm. um, because I think, when it's, yeah, as soon as you start listening to yourself as well, things happen. As soon as I said to myself that I wanted to work in film and TV, things started happening. Yeah, and also say out loud what you want to do. Because as soon as you start telling people, they'll help you out. Because mm -hmm. people generally are nice. Mm -hmm. So what is in store for Future Flow? I'm actually thinking about that a lot this week. I want to carry on writing about stuff that I'm passionate about which I'm getting to do it a lot at the moment, which is great. But also kind of maybe stop making my own things. Also, I'm being trained to shoot at the moment. So shooting and hopefully directing. The world exciting. is your production oyster. The world oyster. is my production oyster. Yeah. Yay. Yay, future. I love it. Yeah. Thank you, Flo. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> <laughs>
I don't have a fun game for you. That's okay. What I do have is that I've been stalking your LinkedIn. Oh, wow. Yeah. And your LinkedIn is very varied. <laughs> very varied. Is it? Very long. Oh. And I'm going to start with, what's it like being a games creator for the Olympics? Oh, yeah. No, I did do that. Okay. <laughs> that was actually a thing. I thought that was a lie. <laughs> and I thought, what a bold lie. <laughs> Let's just talk about that and then we'll sure. go back to the start. So I was a games maker, mm-hmm. uh, which was a volunteer for all the spectators that came to watch the Olympics. What is a games maker? So I don't know. <laughs> I just welcomed people to Wimbledon mm-hmm. and made sure they were queuing. That's not as fun as it sounds. No, I'm sorry. It I know. I don't really even have fun. an anecdote. <laughs> I know we like an anecdote, but I don't have one. Oh, no. okay. <laughs> Next. <laughs> and what is your weirdest job you've ever had? My weirdest job I've ever had was working in a call centre mm-hmm. for Marks and Spencers. So mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'll apply to this job online. And they didn't tell you anything about it. They just said you're working in culture. And I wanted to work in culture. So I thought that was a good <laughs> idea. I ended up working in a call centre for Marks and Spencers, making sure that turkeys got delivered for Christmas. Um, <laughs> so many people didn't get their turkeys because I just didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, all you knew was how to make games for the Olympics. Yeah, I That's know. All you knew. <laughs> that was my skills. And it's hard to say that you've got like really good administrative skills when it's mainly like just managing cues. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you killed Christmas. I just like bringing up that story because it is the story of how Hattie ruined Christmas. Yeah, I know. It happened. That can be the next series. Um, And what is the weirdest job you've ever applied for or the job that you've been least qualified for that you've applied for? Oh, I applied to be the director of the Tate. Oh my god, amazing. But the thing is, you know the application process takes so long, you sort of start believing you can do it after a while. And when I didn't get an interview, I was quite upset. <laughs> what did you write in the application? Oh, that was just really good at directing. Wait, no, the like, you, no, you need to put this in context of like where you were in your career. Okay, so wait, actually we should give a little bit of context okay, about where you've come context. from. Yeah, okay. So give us a bit of a journey of your career. Okay. So I studied history of art at university mm-hmm. and then I left uni and thought I'm gonna be the director of the Tate uh, so <laughs> Naturally, yeah. I applied for lots of museums and galleries and I interned at a gallery for a year for free just putting on exhibitions and I really enjoyed putting on exhibitions then I wanted a job so I moved tried to move out of my mum's and I started working in fundraising mm-hmm. um, at the Royal Academy and then I worked at the Serpentine Gallery for a while and then I needed a new job, so I got a job at Fremantle, the production company I now work at, in the commercial team doing commercial partnerships. So I was doing like talk, talk sponsorship on the X Factor. Um, Realised I wasn't really commercially minded, met a really cool digital producer and just started working on American Gods in my spare time. And then she gave me my first job as a digital researcher and now I'm a digital producer. The end of my story. Oh, amazing. <laughs> and where in that story did you decide that I could be the director of the tape? Um, <laughs> when I was interning at a gallery. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much self-belief, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Just keep going, guys. Just keep going. Always apply to be the director of the tape. I also, no, I think there is a kind of, there is a good thing in that. And just always apply. Because even if you don't, someone might read it and think like, you know, she's really, really not qualified to direct the tape. But she might be able to do this. (laughs) In my first ever, ever job interview, first ever job interview, it was for Waterstones. And I was like... 16 and I wore a suit for one I wore a suit bless me that's really sweet and I just dyed my hair and I looked awful in this suit with terribly dyed hair and they asked what my like what my job experience was and I freaked out because I didn't have any and I just said playwright (laughs) yeah I lied and then the the man looked at me and he was like 
oh. <laughs> and then I said, have you seen any of my plays? It was an outrageous lie. It was like a lie I could hear myself saying, but I couldn't stop saying it. So, <laughs> um, so I think this whole podcast is just things, things wow. you shouldn't do. That's really <laughs> sweet. <laughs> Had you written any plays? No, God, no. I mean, not even in your spare time? Um, um, like, not anything that I'd ever shown anyone. <laughs> not anything that even in my mind I thought I was a playwright. It just came out. I really like so, that. Thank you. Well done, you. Always <laughs> so aim much. high. Um, so you obviously were working in the art world, as you kind of touched on. What made you want to transition into TV, and how was that transition? Very weird and mm. by accident. Mm. Okay. So I wasn't really much of a fan of entertainment shows, but then I realized that I loved drama. That's my thing in television. Um, mm. I love drama shows, watch them quite a lot. So... I didn't quite get the first job in TV that I wanted to do, yeah. um, but then I managed to find a route into something that I'm now really passionate about. How did you nice. do that? Um, I found about? what I was interested in, mm-hmm. and I just asked loads of questions. Yeah. Enthusiasm. I think that's my route to my job now, is just being really enthusiastic mm-hmm. and being switched on um, and just going and showing willing to help out and do stuff. I'm not saying go and work for free all the time, but realise what you want to do, be passionate and show enthusiasm and willing mm-hmm. and turn up on time. And what do you see yourself doing in the future? Well, if I'm not going to be the director of the tape, <laughs> I would like to be... I'd love to maybe have my own production company one day where yeah. I can greenlight stuff I'm really passionate about Maybe it's in the TV world, maybe it's in the podcast world, maybe it's in the radio world, I'm not really sure. But it means that I can work on stories that really fascinate me mm-hmm. and you can play around with how you want to tell them. Lovely. Um, and what did you want to get out of making this podcast? I wanted to test myself and see if I could make a podcast, which is what I wanted to do for a while. And I'm also really nosy. And I love hearing about people's careers. <laughs> and I think that's such an interesting thing because everyone's got a career and everyone's got their own career story. Mm-hmm. So... I think they're endlessly fascinating. And also my younger self, I struggled so much finding out what I wanted to do that I thought I could pass on any of that it's going to be okay message. Yeah, for sure. So if you're out there and you don't really know what you're going to do, it's going to be fine. You might direct the tape, so. (laughs) (laughs) So good. So we hope you enjoy the series. We've had some amazing conversations with some really inspiring people, people from BMG, from DK and much more. So we hope you enjoy it. Bye. Bye. So if you like the podcast, follow us at How Do You Do Pod on Twitter and Instagram and leave a review. And like and subscribe. Always like and subscribe because it's apparently a big thing. Yeah, yeah, do that. <laughs>